Hey, this is Jessica, your web church host. Welcome to Calvary FL Online. We're so blessed to have you join us today, along with viewers from all over the world. We consider you family and count it an honor that you feel blessed by this ministry. If you'd like to share what God is doing in your life, please email us at stories at calvaryfl.com. Also, if you would like to give or be a part of what God is doing at Calvary, you can do so by logging on to calvaryfl.com or by giving through our Calvary FL app. Thank you for joining us for today's worship experience. You made, <laughs> you made a way. Come on and give God a praise if you believe it. If you believe it, give Him praise. I mean, think about all the people that was preaching your funeral. Think about all the people that had gathered around you preaching your funeral said it was over. But didn't God make a way? That's why you can't count nobody out. That's why you can't count nobody out. Can't nobody pick you up and give you a brand new beginning just like Jesus can. If he made a way for anybody in the room, I want everybody to give him praise right now. Because I know he made a way for you. I know he did. I know he did. Powerful, powerful. Stand for the reading of God's word. If you're ready for a shift, shout, I'm ready. I know in this room today, there are people somewhere in your life, you're depending on God to shift you. You may need a shift in your family, in your finances. You may need a shift for a son or a daughter. You may need to see some circumstances shift, some situations shift. Who am I talking to? Some mindsets shift. How many of you believe in God to shift some things in your life in the next season? Let me hear from you if you believe he's a God that will shift some things. I shared with you the prophetic dream that God gave me while I was away on vacation with Pastor Dawn. And I took from that that we are stepping into a season when God is going to shift some things. And so today I'll be teaching from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I really believe that I have a significant download for you this morning. You by live stream, so thankful that you're here. Hebrews 12, 1. If you don't have it in your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that means since there's witnesses and there are a cloud of witnesses and they've already made it to heaven, somebody's already made it to where you're headed. Hallelujah. And if they made it through, you can make it through. Can I get a witness? He said, let us lay aside every what? Every, say it out loud, every. Let us lay aside every weight, not most weights, not some weights, but every weight. Watch this. And the sin, don't hear a lot about that in church anymore, but it's still wrong to sin. Can I get a witness? And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Note here the middle of this text. He said, let us lay aside every weight. Somebody say weight. The Lord was dealing with me about you, about myself, and about this season. And the Lord began to speak this in my spirit just recently, and I'm going to drop it in yours today. Here's what the Lord says. The Lord says, the wait is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some of y'all are thinking, W-A-I-T, the wait is over, and in Jesus' name it is. But I have come to testify, to clarify, to declare over your life today that the W-E-I-G-H-T, the wait is over, 
there's some things that have been keeping you from shifting into your next season you've been carrying it am i talking to anybody who's ready for the weight to be lifted off your life the weight is over somebody raise your hands and say the weight is over Father, as we lift our hands before you, we tell you the weight is over. We tell you that we lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us walk, God, in peace and in power and in joy. In Jesus' name, to every shift and every promise that you have for us. Somebody, if you're ready to lay aside every weight, give the Lord a little praise right now. Amen. Before you sit down, tell two or three people the weight is over. The weight is over i don't know about you but i can speak definitely and with clarity about myself i'm going to live my next season of life with joy okay who's going to be happy and joyful with me in the next season save the drama for your mama come on now your mama says she don't want your drama but i am determined that i am going to live this next season in joy and so the Lord dropped this in my spirit. Some of you are on the precipice, you're on the edge, you're on the very verge of a shift, but you're carrying a weight. And by the time you leave here today, you will recognize that the weight is over. I'm laying it down and giving it to God. And sometimes y'all, we get a promise from the Lord. And the most difficult part of the promise, hear me now, is the process. It's what God takes us through. Has God ever taken you through a thing to get you to a thing? Sometimes God will take you through a process to get you through the promise. And at times that process can seem so intense that we walk with heaviness. Because while we're waiting, it gets weighty. The Lord said this to me. I'm okay, brother. The Lord said to me, sometimes there's a weight in the weight sometimes there is a weight in the weight sometimes while you're waiting the enemy wants to weigh you down and if we're not careful the journey can get so heavy that we don't walk in the shift that God has for us because we are weighed down and when it's time to shift we've got too many issues and too much weight to see it manifest in our life and maybe you're feeling the weight in the weight right now maybe you're feeling the heaviness in the weight right now but here's what I know you need to lay that aside because I'm convinced of this reality all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus yes and amen that means that every promise that he made you get yourself in position and it is coming to pass i need to tell you today don't let the enemy weigh you down i think it's tragic when we miss our shift the promise of our shift and the manifestation of our shift because there is sin and weight in our life look at what the writer said in hebrews he said lay aside the weight and the sin <laughs> we don't talk much about sin anymore in the church but you still have to lay aside sin okay i had 12 people say amen you were all shouting about he made a way come on but you got to lay aside the sin. You, you don't need to be shacking up. You don't need to be living together. You don't need to be talking about your neighbor. Come on, somebody. You need to be sexually saved. You need to be emotionally saved. You need to be righteous. You need to live right. You know, in the old days, the old timers used to tell us about it. 
They used to talk to us about how we lived our lives. They used to challenge us towards righteousness. Church people know what I'm talking about. You had a church mother that would take you off to the side and say, boy, what in the world are you doing? You better watch yourself. But nowadays we've got so comfortable with sin and so afraid even of our people that we don't address it anymore. But here's the good news. I ain't scared of none of y'all. So I'll tell you, we got to live righteously and we've got to live a sanctified, separated life. I think at some point after you accept Jesus, who you say you follow and what you say you have needs to line up with the behaviors that you embrace. Let him who used to be in sin be in sin no more. It's redemption. He takes you out of it. Make a little noise if he's taking you out of anything and you've laid aside some sin. Come on, folk don't know the old you. Come on, folk don't even really know who you used to be. Anybody glad? I want to hear from you. If you're glad that you're a brand new creature, make a little bit of noise in the house. Now, here is a text written in the book of Hebrews that is so powerful and pertinent and spoke to me. And it's real for everybody in this room today. As for those it was addressed to, it was addressed to the Hebrews. And, and, and there's no debate on who it was addressed to. But the debate Bible theologians have is who wrote it. Some say Paul wrote it. Some say Apollos wrote it. And some say other fathers of the church may have written it. But whoever wrote it is secondary compared to where it was addressed. It was addressed to the Hebrews. And these Hebrews were, were people who em, had embraced Judaism. They were born blood Hebrews and they had been uh, people who followed the Jewish faith, but they had become Messianic Jews. They had embraced Jesus as the Messiah. And this is beautifully written. Whoever the writer is who wrote this understood Jewish culture, and they understood Jewish religion, and they understood Jewish law, and they address much of this in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is called by many Bible theologians the masterpiece of the New Testament because it is so eloquently and beautifully written. But here this letter is specifically written to people who had followed God, written to the Hebrews. And it's written during a time when the Hebrews are suffering persecution. They're going through it, y'all. They're dealing with problems. They're dealing with issues that are intense. Their issues are so intense because they're being persecuted, of course, by the Romans. But then in turn, they begin to be persecuted because now they're following Christ. They're persecuted by the Jews. Jewish people and by the people who follow Judaism. They're being rejected. Some of their most intense persecution came from their family. How many of y'all know some things never change? Can I get a witness in the house? Some of the most drama you ever deal with is from folks who have your last name. In this oppressive atmosphere, in this atmosphere of persecution, in this atmosphere of pressure, there were some who were, who were falling into sin. They were using the pressure as an opportunity to say, man, I just got to have some relief. And they were falling into iniquity and unrighteousness. So the writer said, lay aside the sin. It's so intense that some of them were even, even caving to the weight of the pressure and thinking of turning their back on Jesus 
and going back to Judaism. And they were going to go back to following, trying to follow Judaism without following Jesus. Now, I don't know about you. There is no option for me. I cannot leave Jesus behind. I cannot make it without Jesus. I've got to have Jesus. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the evening, and Jesus in the afternoon. Can I get a witness? Are there any radical Jesus followers in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A while back they asked me to come pray at some large civic event, but they asked me not to pray in the name of Jesus. And I very politely said, if I can't bring Jesus, I can't come. If I can't pray in the name of Jesus, I can't pray. Can I get a witness? I want to hear from all the people who are sold out to Jesus. And you'll never let the pressure of culture drive you away from knowing the one who is all in all and who is faithful. Now, here it is. The people are on the verge of quitting. Now, I know we don't want to let folk know that we've actually entertained at times quitting. We've actually felt like quitting. Grab your neighbor's hand and hold it up because, yeah, 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 you know your neighbors felt like quitting. Can I get a witness in the house? But here's what I come to tell you. Don't quit. Push somebody and say, don't quit. Yeah, yeah, maybe you don't see it yet, but don't quit. Maybe you don't see your children saved yet, but don't quit. Maybe you haven't seen the door open yet, but don't quit. Maybe you haven't seen the shift yet, but don't quit. Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Jim, you tell the people it's not time to quit. Now is not the time to quit. Now is the time to trust God and shift. Some of you have been under greater pressure. The pressure is only indicative of the fact that you are closer to your shift than you've ever been. Now is not the time to quit. Now is the time to trust God and shift. Somebody declare it. Say, I'm not quitting. Come on, say, I'm not quitting. I'm shifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm uncomfortable where I am because a shift is on my horizon. I'm uncomfortable in this season because God is getting ready to shift me. I haven't been comfortable where I am because God is getting ready to intervene and shift me. God's getting ready to move what I cannot move and change what I cannot change. I'm not quitting, I'm shifting. I'm not going back, I'm shifting. I I'm not giving up, I'm shifting. I want anybody who's gonna shift, let me hear from you, any shifters in the house. I'm going to be shifting in this next season. Now, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork because these people were Hebrews. This letter was addressed to Hebrews, blood-born Jewish folks. And here's the deal. If you understand even the terminology from all the way back in the Old Testament, the word Hebrew literally means somebody from somewhere else. It means somebody from beyond. <laughs> That's why you can't be comfortable in the season that you're in because you're not even, say this ain't even my home. I can't be comfortable in this mess because God called me to live beyond it. I can't be comfortable in this depression because I'm, I'm, God called me to live beyond it. I can't be comfortable in this bondage because God called me to live beyond it. Understand this, the, he, the he, word Hebrew here means those from beyond and those who cross over. <laughs> That those who cross over, the ones who crossed over the Red Sea, the ones who made it through the desert crossed over. There's people who don't understand how radical you are for Jesus and they don't get your praise and they don't understand that as these guys were singing this song, you made a way. They didn't understand why you were weeping and crying because they don't know quite where you came from. They don't quite understand what you've already crossed over. 
You see, the truth is they were miracle people. Everything about their story was miraculous. Everything about their story pointed to the fact that God was a mighty big God who did everything that he said that he would do. This is why some of you can't help yourself when it's time to praise the Lord. You have to radically give him praise because you know your whole story is a miracle. If the devil would have had his way, you would have never been at church on Sunday morning at 1222. You would have been too hungover from being in the club. Come on, somebody. You would have been too jacked up, too messed up, but people don't know what you've been through and what the Lord has brought you through. So here you are now and you are serving God, but you need a shift. And I can think of nothing sadder than needing a shift and missing a shift, missing what God has for you. So here, I, here in this text, I want you to understand what the writer is saying. He said, you've got to lay aside the weight, watch this, and the sin. Now, you will be robbed of the shift God has for you in your life if you don't lay aside the weight. Of course, we know we've got to lay aside the sin, but we've got to understand we must lay aside the weight. Sin will sabotage your shift. So I'm not talking to you about sin. You that are here today who serve and follow the Lord, you ought to know that you ought not sin. And if you're dealing with sin issues before the service is over, we're going to rectify that because we're going to declare that Jesus is King and Lord and confess every sin and it's going to be placed under the blood and we're going to be forgiven and walk out of here white and clean. Hallelujah. Just clean as snow. All of our sins washed away. Now hear me in this place. The writer said what you got to lay aside is the weight. That means that it is altogether possible for you to be totally saved but still weighted down. It is absolutely possible for you to be born again, saved and delivered from, from sin and its judgment in your life but still dealing with weight and that's why the writer said you got to lay aside the weight some of you been carrying what you should have cast upon the Lord he said he said you don't have the strength to carry it but you do have the strength to lay it aside Help me preach somebody in this room. You're carrying weight that you should have cast aside. Tell your neighbor, lay aside the weight. Yeah, yeah. Now, now the Greek word for weight, I'm going somewhere. Y'all hang with me now. I'm just laying the groundwork. The Greek word for weight means a heavy burden that embraces you and keeps you trapped. It's not just a weight that, that, that you carry that gets heavy. If you study the word, it means literally, it like, it's like it puts its arms around you. It's like it ties you up. It makes you immobile. It keeps you from being able to run the race. And further study of this Greek word, if you look at it from the root, it's all, it traces all the way back to our English word, ache. A-C-H-E, ache. It means literally that you carry something so long and you're immobilized by it that you ache over it. That it becomes so heavy that it hurts you. The devil doesn't want you to know it today, but I'm about to give you a remedy so you can lay aside the weight and you can run with endurance the race that is set before you. If you're ready to run your race and lay aside the weight, make a little noise in this room now where's my runner at come on out here Courtney everybody give Courtney a great big God bless you as she comes this is Courtney Howell I want to share with you five weights that I want you to lay aside number one 
I want you to lay aside the weight of comparison. Now, you can run around good now. Run around for me. Look at her. She's fast, y'all. She's blazing. She, she's running. She just got, look at her. She's moving, just running. Okay, stop here. I'm going to put on you the weight of comparison. See, number one, you got to lay aside the weight of comparison. Somebody say comparison. Yeah, we live in a dangerous world today because we are so willing to compare ourselves to one another. And the Bible says, he who compares, if you compare yourselves to yourselves, you are not wise. Come on. I have never seen a time when people compare themselves to each other more than today. And I think this is by and large because of social media. We look online and people's life looks so great. I mean, we look online and everything looks better. How come their chicken wings look better than my chicken wings? Come on. Everything about it looks better. And I want to tell you something. You need to stop comparing your real life to someone else's highlight reel. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I take on a lot of responsibility here. I love everything that I do. I'm your pastor first. I'm the shepherd of this house. It is the next to being a father and a husband and a Christian. It is the greatest call on my life. But I also have a part of me that has to travel periodically. And, and so often these guys glamorize traveling. So a few months ago, I, I posted really what travel was about because they had sent me in a place Come on, somebody, in the airplane, right by the bathroom. And the door came open. And the moment it came open, I began to intercede and say, God, please, let the oxygen mask supernaturally drop. Because I wanted people to know it's not always what it seems. It's not always glamorous. In our superficial society, comparison is rampant. And what you're comparing comparing yourself to especially stuff that's online has been filtered and cropped and synthesized we got young ladies trying to reach this ideal when when the all the pictures have been all of the cellulite has been supernaturally moved y'all ain't saying nothing to me there ain't no roles that's why I'm trying to keep my, I gotta have a roll or two on me because when the roll is called up, I'll be there. Can I get a witness? <laughs> we compare our looks, our families, our homes, our cars, our churches, our pastors. We compare everything. And this, was, this is an absolute recipe for misery. The word compare actually comes from the Latin to pair or to match. Can I tell you, you've got promises from God and they will come to pass, but your journey will not match everybody else's journey. Your journey is going to be unique. Stop trying to get your life to match somebody else's life. Stop trying to get your life to be like somebody else's life. I'm not going to compare myself anymore. I'm just going to trust God that I will be everything he called me to be. But then you got to believe that God has made you fearfully and wonderfully. And whatever you are and whoever you are, it is enough. If you want to live above comparison, give the Lord a praise right now. Listen to me. Stop comparing your journey. Your journey may be different, but give God praise. Your promises will manifest. Now, here it goes. Watch this. The next thing. I want you to understand if you're not careful, you'll have to deal with the weight of control. Mm. I got to control it. 
how many of you know folks who, if it's in their world, they going to control it? Where are the real folks at? Uh, there are some people who are never able to experience the shift that God has for their life because they have to control everything and everybody. Do you know any control freaks? Some of y'all are saying, Pastor, I really want to point. I really want to point. Look down the aisle and see if you can figure out who's the control freak. Come on, look down the aisle. You know what's funny? You think it's them and they are absolutely convinced it's you. Come on. The truth of the matter is, I want to tell you today, you may think you're in control, but now at my age, I've lived long enough to understand something. God will show you, and he has shown me. He's used people to show me I'm not in control. He's used problems to show me I'm not in control. He's used circumstances to show me I'm not in control. He'll even use your own children. I wish I could find somebody to preach to. Your own blood that you're not in control. Do you know any control freaks? Do you, do you know any? <laughs> some of y'all are closet control freaks and you ain't even in the closet. A control freak is totally cool as long as you do it their way. I have a word for someone today. This is going to be powerful. Control freaks need to stop trying to control everyone around them, especially when they can't even control themselves. Sila, preach Pastor Rayleigh. Have you ever known people that they, were, they just wanted to control everything and everybody, but when it boiled right down to it, they were out of control themselves. They could not even control themselves. And one of the great weights that you carry is the need to control everybody and everything here's some signs that you are struggling with a controlling spirit first you struggle with control when you feel like you have to fix everything and everybody yeah i'm, I'm about to man myself do you know people who feel like it is their job to fix it some some people have the facebook ministry of i'm gonna fix you or oh, i'm preaching better than you're letting on that they want to fix everything and everybody. I, by my nature, am a fixer. I want to fix up. I'm not saying I can fix a car, but I want the car fixed so I can hire the person that fix a car. Come on, I break the car. If it wasn't for guys like me, there wouldn't be guys like you that could fix stuff. Come on. But I try to fix everything, don't I don't. I want to fix it. If one of my kids have a problem, I'm trying to fix it. I just want to fix it. But here's the deal. I can't fix everything. Sometimes you got to do what the old timer said. Let Jesus fix it for you. You know you have a problem with control when you struggle with, with, with someone else being in control. You know you have a problem with control when you struggle with someone else being in control. Some of y'all can't even ride with nobody. I'm telling you, if I'm running, I got to drive. I got, I got to You can't drive. Everybody don't love your driver. You can't even ride with nobody because you got to be in control. Some of y'all won't get on an airplane because they won't let you fly the plane. Thank God they won't let you fly the plane. 
You know you have a problem with control when you struggle when someone else is in control, when you can't lead. But sometimes you got to just say, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust you. And I don't have to be in control of everything and everybody. Watch this. You're ready for your shift when you swap your need for control for trust in God. When you say, God, I'm just going to trust you. Come on, make a little noise if you're ready to trust in God. Now, here's a big one. I'm going to save the biggest one for this one. You got to lay aside, watch this, offense. You already struggling, running, running a little bit right now. See, she was running really good, but now she's got problems because she's got the spirit of control on her, the spirit of comparison on her, and now she's dealing with offense. And you got to lay aside offense. Tell your neighbor, lay it aside. Yeah, yeah, offense is a big thing. And offense is one of the tools that the enemy will use to keep you trapped in a season that God wants to shift you out of. It's easy to live offended. Have you ever known folk who were always offended? Offended about everything, upset about everything. I don't know why I come to Chick-fil-A every time that way she gives me less French fries than they get. I don't know. They just get offended about everything. Just always upset, always offended, always mad. There's some people, don't matter how you talk to them, you try to be nice to them. They get mad at you if you talk to them. They get mad at you if you ignore them. They get mad at you. They just offended, just upset. I'm not living offended my whole life. It's time to let offense go. The offense of what went wrong. The offense of daily living under pressure. The offense of who did you wrong. The offense of what so-and-so said. Very often, people who are offended, they just live in bondage. And here's what I know. I've seen people get offended in church. She said something to me 13 years ago. I can't get over it. I ain't speaking to her no more. I ain't having that in my life. Can I say something to you? Very often, the people you are most offended at don't even care. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. You all mad. You all drawn up. Your honey's all tight every time you see them. And they don't even care nothing about it. And I've come to tell you today, the people that you're offended at, you need to let it go. You, you got to overcome offense. Offense must be overcome or it will overcome us. Offense comes to us all. But how we handle it will determine our destiny. How we handle it will determine whether or not we shift and make it to the next level. Because offense will rob you of your vision it will rob you of your purpose it will rob you of your tomorrow it will rob you of your potential and I want to give you three quick steps to laying aside offense number one you got to determine the damage you got to determine the damage some offenses are worse than others if you're still uptight because somebody didn't do something you liked or you didn't like the christmas gift you got or you did something more for somebody than they did for you loose it and let it go free if you're still mad because so-and-so said something about your son let that mess go it is not worth it loose it and let it go free but sometimes the damage is more intense sometimes an offense is so intense that it creates a debt and some debts are bigger than others can I talk to real people? Some issues are bigger than others. There's some things that are visited upon you that are bigger than other things, and those are hard to deal with because it creates a debt. So number one, you gotta determine the damage. How big is the offense? And secondly, here's the real deal. You got to choose to forgive. 
You've got to choose to forgive. In its purest definition, forgive is a financial term. It simply means this, to cancel a debt. That means I'm not forgetting what you did to me. I'm not saying that you didn't wrong me. I'm not saying that you didn't hurt me. And I'm not even saying that it was okay. I'm not excusing you from your behavior, but what I have decided is this, not one more day am I going to be imprisoned by what happened to me. I am letting it go because I know the plans of God are in place for my life. Let me tell you something, your forgiveness may not set the person free that you forgive because they might not want it or desire it, but let me tell you what your forgiveness will do. It will set you free, cancel the debt, Come on, they may have hurt you a long time ago, but you need to say, I will not empower you 10 years later to do to me again what you did to me a long time ago. I let it go. I release it. I let it go. Determine the damage. Choose to forgive. Cancel the debt. But watch this. Then you got to develop and live with boundaries. This is so good. You got to develop and live with boundaries. In other words, you can say, hey, doc, you may have done that to me before, but you don't have a chance to do it to me again. Oh, can I talk to some people today? You got to develop boundaries. You, you, according, you, you, according to the degree and level of your offense, you can forgive a person but establish boundaries and don't give them power to do you wrong again. Here's the deal. Now, I'm about to say something that you would hardly hear in most churches, but I'm going to set somebody free in this room. I am, this is going to be so good that we may have 10 people take off running. Here it is. You ready? You are not required to reestablish fellowship with everyone you forgive. Praise the Lord, preach Jim Rayleigh. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not required to establish fellowship with everyone you forgive. Yet there's some lines that people cross. You mess with my children. You there's some lines that people cross and you say, you know what, I'm going to forgive you, but never, never, never again. I don't have to reestablish fellowship with you. And I need to set somebody free. The enemy's tried to tell you that in order to be restored, you got to reconnect to somebody who is toxic and poison for your life. But sometimes you got to say, I love you, I forgive you, but I got the spirit of move on. Tell your neighbor, get the spirit of move on. Yeah, get the spirit of see you later, alligator in a wild crocodile. I love you, but I ain't gonna let you pull me back down into what I just got out of. I forgive you, but. Get your neighbor by the hand and holler at him. Say, hey neighbor. Holler at him, say, hey neighbor. It's time to shift. Say, this is your move on season. If you're ready to move on, one, two, three, make a little noise. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm not excusing what you did to me. I forgive you, but I'm moving on. I'm not carrying the weight of it anymore because I'm not going to let what was rob me of what is and hold me from what's coming. I'm moving on. Somebody give God praise if you're moving on. 
got the spirit of move on. Stop trying to reestablish relationships with toxic people. I'm going to run down there, amen myself again. The Lord doesn't require that of you. But watch this. The fourth weight that we contend with often is the weight of pride. <laughs> Preach Pastor Jim Rayleigh. It's pride. Pride is the elder brother of all sin. And you got to lay aside the weight of pride. Pride is a dangerous thing. Pride will keep you from all God has for you. Pride is literally, it initially was pride that sabotaged Satan's place and position in heaven. He, he, he began to rise in pride. If you study, and it's in my book, Hell Spells, you can order it online or get it back there in the back. But that book, Hell Spells, I talk about the origin of Satan. And Satan was actually the worship leader in heaven before he got the left foot of fellowship. Come on. How many of y'all know we don't have a devil leading worship? We got quite a worship leader in John Wiles. You're thankful for him? But the enemy was the most beautiful of all God's creations. If you study about his bottle, body, his body was literally, it had encrusted jewels, diamonds and rubies, the largest, most beautiful in all of the universe. And, and he literally reflected the glory and light of God. He sent multicolored prisms of life all throughout the universe. And the Bible talks about even his body was wood and timbrels, woods and timbrels, percussion instruments in his body and the sound of woods and, and percussion and, 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 and uh, all kinds of beautiful sounds like an organ and timbrels. Every time he moved, he was a worshiper. Every time he moved, he reflected the glory of God but somewhere along the line he began to think he was the source of his own shine he began to think he was the source of his own song he didn't realize he doesn't have any shine and he don't have a song worth singing without the glory and light and presence of God I don't care how beautiful a diamond is if you put it in a dark room can't nobody see it and see here's the problem we're raising up these preachers and singers and, and, and evangelists and we're raising them up high and we're filling them with pride making them think they all that there ain't none of us that are all that we worship all that and we praise all that that and we glorify their gift Lord help me get back on my notes we glorify their gift and we magnify their gift and then when we raise them up so high that they can't handle it and they tumble down we wonder why the truth is the reason that they can't handle it is because we're not built for worship if we receive worship unto ourselves, we self-destruct. That's why movie stars, that's why these great people who seem like they have it all, they wind up committing suicide. That's why they're on Prozac. That's why they're overdosing on drugs because we ain't built for worship. The devil was not built for worship and you ain't built for worship and I ain't built for worship. But if you will magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together, pride won't get in. Pride will mess you up. And you gotta lay aside pride. The devil thought because of his own beauty, he could receive the glory of the Lord. And I wanna tell you this, write this down. Prideful people care too greatly about what others think. They are man pleasers rather than God pleasers. 
I don't want to be a man pleaser. I want to be a God pleaser. I had to make a decision years ago. Who am I going to be? When it seemed like much of the church was moving away from any manifestation of the Holy Spirit, any outpouring of the Holy Spirit, many pastors stopped teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They stopped giving altar calls. They stopped talking about sin. I had to ask myself, who am I going to be? What pastor am I going to be? And let me tell you something. I didn't have to have a long debate because I realized that if I caved to the culture, that I would become a man pleaser rather than a God pleaser. And I made up in my mind a long time ago I understood that God didn't bring me to where I am to make me popular he raised me up to be an overcomer and to raise up overcomers I don't care anymore about being popular I don't care anymore call me or ignore me I've made up in my mind that what I do I do for the king of kings and for the lord of lords come on make a little noise if you want to be a God pleaser in this room See, see, a prideful person, watch this, can only rise higher by making others feel lower. Have you known people, the only way it seemed like they could go up was by putting somebody else down? That that is not who God has called you to be. The, the next thing I want you to understand is this, prideful people only commit and perform when they have a chance to be noticed. There's some people you only see them when it's their opportunity to be noticed. You got to talk about them. You got to acknowledge them. But God is calling you to a higher place. I want you to raise your hand and declare this after me. Declare, Lord, shout it out. Say, Lord, shift my life. I will not worry about what others think. I will build up my brothers and my sisters. I will be teachable. And I will do what I do for your glory and not man's praise. If that's you, give him some glory in the house. So you got to lay aside pride. The last thing I want you to lay aside is probably one of the biggest that we all contend with. Number five, you got to lay aside worry. Now we all deal with worry. We all contend with worry. And how often do we spend time worrying about things that never happen? Where, where y'all at? Have you ever spent days and hours and weeks worrying about something that never manifested anyway? Let me tell you what the Lord said to me. The Lord said, tell the people worry robs them of their confidence in God. Worry will rob you of your confidence in God. It'll steal your praise. It'll dry up your worship. It'll make you second guess God. And we begin then to rely on people. We rely on money. We rely on opportunities. We rely on men, women, friends. But none of that is your source. People say worry has no power. Let me tell you, worry has power. Worry will make you sick. Have you ever been so worried that you were sick over it? I've seen people get so worried and so overcome that they deal with a major physical crisis. But here's what the Bible said in Philippians 4, 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done. I feel that in my spirit. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything.
Tell God what you need and one, two, three, thank him right now for what he's already done. I said thank him for what he's already done. I said thank him for what he's already done. Stop worrying. Push your name and say stop worrying. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done. I come to tell you stop worrying. I ain't going to worry about it. I said, I'm not worrying about it. I'm not going to lay awake worrying about it. I ain't going to worry about you. Don't you worry about me. I'm not, I can't worry. About, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm not worrying about it. Don't, I'm not worried about it. I am a little bit worried about lunch, but I'm not worried. Because she's got me on a plant paradox. And we've been doing it for two weeks, so I need you to intercede for me that I have a breakthrough, that there is a fried chicken leg somewhere on my horizon. But the truth is, I'm not worrying anymore. I'm through with worry. I'm through letting the devil worry me. I want to worry him. Some of y'all get up in the morning and say, oh my God, I'm up. What's the devil going to do to me today? Some of you get up so worried, so full of anxiety. I want you to get so full of the spirit and power of God that when you get up, the devil says, oh my Lord, that Calvary bunch is up. What are they going to do to me today? Worry. Worry. Stop worrying and tell God what you need. I just feel this. I'm going to prophesy, declare it, speak it over your life. Raise your hands. Watch this. God is shifting you. I said, God is shifting you. I said, God is shifting you. Watch it now. He is going to intervene, interrupt, and intercept all things that are causing you worry. I said, he is going to intervene interrupt and intercept all things that are causing you worry pray his word and rest assured if you're going to let worry go let me hear from you in this house right now somebody say the devil can't somebody say the devil can't no somebody get militant with me and say the devil can't tell your neighbor say the devil can't he can't make me run around mountains that God has the power to move. The devil can't. The devil can't make me dwell on lies. I believe everything God's word says about me. And I believe I am who, I, who he says I am. The devil can't upset me. I won't let him. The devil can't make me mad. I won't let him. The devil can't make me forget or doubt what God is able to do. I won't let him. The devil can't make me worry. I won't let him. And let me tell you what else the devil can't do. The devil cannot stop God. So you're carrying this weight. You've been carrying this weight trying to run your race got all this weight trying to get to where you supposed to be but you got too much junk you got too much weight so systematically today we're gonna start dealing with the weight we're taking off comparison and we're gonna say those days are over God I'm gonna trust you in the journey that my journey don't match anybody else's but I will rejoice for the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I'm taking off the weight of control. I can't control everything. So God, I'm gonna trust you. Make a little noise. 
if you're ready to lay it aside and say I'm not in control but you are I can't control him God but you can I can't control the situation but you can but then you say I'm ready to lay aside the weight of offense I ain't even gonna be mad anymore I'm not gonna be upset anymore I'm not gonna be bound by it anymore I need somebody to lay aside the weight right now give God a praise if you're gonna lay aside the weight stand up everybody I'm laying aside the weight of pride I'm saying I'm not gonna live my life worried over what people think but I am going to be free and I'm going to be able to understand that God is my source and I will magnify him and I will not be led or I will not be controlled by pride but the last thing that we're going to lay aside is worry we're not just going to lay it aside we're going to throw it away and say in Jesus name worry is leaving my life tell your neighbor the wait is over the wait is over look at your neighbor and say neighbor say I don't know what you came in here with I don't know what you came in here with I don't know what you came in here with but I want to tell you you better join me say lay it aside say the wait is over now let me see you run let me see you run let me see you get to where you're going I'm running I'm running into a new season I'm running into a new day I'm running into a new thing somebody if you love him give God a praise right now the wait is over the wait is over touch three or four people and say the wait is over the wait is over you can stand there and be religious but I gotta praise him cause the wait is over 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 I'm not gonna carry the pride I'm not gonna carry the comparison I'm not gonna carry the worry I'm not gonna carry I'm not gonna carry these things to control I'm not gonna carry it anymore I'm leaving all five of these behind and I'm saying the wait is over some of y'all have not been able to shift because you have been carrying a weight I was studying this word weight in the Greek from the book of Hebrews and I traced it all the way back to its purest form and I read the word ache that the source of that word and the root of that word is ache and the enemy wants you to walk out of here carrying something you've been aching with a long time 
Some of y'all are on your way to heaven, but you're going there as an achy believer. And the ache that you have can all be rectified and remedied. If you'll give it to the Lord, lay it aside. He said, you can't move forward with this weight. In the name of Jesus, I break off of you. Every weight of comparison, I break it off of you. That you learn to rejoice in the blessing and breakthrough of others. Hold your hands up. I, 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 I declare right now, I break off of you every weight of control that says I have to control it. No, in this next season, you're going to trust God and watch him turn things around. You're going to shift. I break every weight of offense off of you. That doesn't mean that you somehow don't acknowledge what happened. It's just you're not going to be offended by it anymore. You don't have to reestablish relationships with toxic people, but you do have to forgive them. Cancel the debt and move on. I break off of you the weight of pride. And I tell you that you don't have to make it happen. God is going to do it and get the glory for it. But here's the last one. And this was the most significant one of all in my life. Hold your hands up high. I break off of you the weight of worry. Worry over your family. Worry over, you, over your finances. Worry over where you are. Worry over where you're not. Worry over, over what you've got. How you're going to keep it. How you don't have it yet. How you're going to it, get it. I break every weight off of you. You don't live a key. You live joyful. I decree and declare the wait is over. It's over. Shift. The wait is over. It's shift. The wait is over. Now with every head bowed and every eyes closed, no one looking around, no one moving just for a moment. We've almost come to the end of this service. And what a service it's been. But the Bible said here, lay aside the weight and the sin. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with some things in your life that ought not be there that have kept you in a place that you know God wants to lead you out of. And you'd say, Pastor Rayleigh, when you pray, pray for me. Because there's things in my life that are alienating me, separating me from the shift that I know God wants to bring me. So when you lift somebody up, lift me up. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to slip your hand up. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to lay aside some sin, some behavior, some things that are keeping me from my shift. If that's you, when I count to three, raise your hands. Hands are already being lifted. One, pray for me, Pastor. Two. I've got to get this thing broken in my life. I've got to lay it aside. One, two, three. Slip that hand up. Pray for me, Pastor. If you raised your hand and you really meant it, hold that hand up. Don't put it back down. Hold it up. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand and leave that sin, leave that weight of that sin, you do it now. Five, four. Pray for me, Pastor. Three. Two, pray for me, Pastor. One. Now, if you raised your hand, your hand is up right now. I'm going to ask you to do something. I want everybody standing by you. Kind of move back so they can get out. 
I want everybody who raised their hands who wants to lay aside that weight, I want you to come right here to the front. Come on. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I saw you when I came in. It's so good to see you. Did you see me smile at you? You did? You know why I smiled at you? Because I was so glad you were here. What's your name? I smiled at Alicia when I came in because I was so glad Alicia was here. Thank you, honey. Come on up, stand right there. Come on. Look at this. Look at this. Come on. Who's this right here? Come here, baby. Come here. What's your name? Say it again. Sarah. Hmm. It got real for you, didn't it, Sarah? Your life's been really dry. You've been questioning, why am I even here? Haven't you? You've been, in, you've been on the verge of giving up. But the Lord said he's got a plan for your life. You've been dealing with a lot. You've had a lot of toxic people in your life, haven't you? Had a lot of toxic people. Listen, just because they were... Can I minister to her? Would you all mind? I'm, I'm being a dad to you right now. Just because the people in your life were toxic, that doesn't mean you have to be toxic. And that doesn't mean that you, your life is not of value and it's not precious. We're going to close the chapter on what went wrong. We're going to open up a brand new day for Sarah. Ain't we going to do it? How much do we love Sarah? Come on, I said, how much do we love Sarah right here? I love you, buddy. I want you to get plugged in because there's good things in store for your life. Hallelujah. I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your heart right here, just like this. It's time to shift. And the first weight you got to lay aside is the weight of sin. Things that we do in our life consistently that keep us from walking out God's best for us. So, nobody, this is a judgment-free zone because we all had to do this and we all have to periodically do it again. But here we are right now. Hand over your heart. Raise your other hand. Everybody in the room, pray this prayer after me. Pray, pray it loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I'm, so glad I'm so glad for Jesus. For Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That you are faithful, you are faithful to, forgive me to forgive me of all my sins. All my sins. So, I'm asking, so I'm asking right now, right now Jesus, Jesus, wash my heart, wash my heart cleanse me, cleanse me, forgive me, forgive me make, me new. make me new. I lay aside, I lay aside anything, anything that has kept me, has kept me from, shifting. from shifting. And I tell you, Lord, I tell you, Lord I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for a new season. I'm ready for a new beginning. In Jesus' name. Come right up here, son. Come right up here. Right up here. Right up here. You, you. What's your name? What is it? Jemay, I speak over your life a new season. That the disappointment dries up. 
The Lord said, you got an appointment with victory. You got an appointment with a good, productive, victorious, overcoming life. And I speak it over you in Jesus' name. Somebody give my buddy a hand. Ever give all these people a hand right here. Okay, there's altar workers all around you. I want you guys to meet me right over here. Turn and go right this way. Come on and help them. And everybody else, take your hand and put it on your neighbor's shoulder. But turn and go right this way. Right this way. Love you, Sarah. I'm so glad you came to church. Glad you came to church. My man, love you. Amen. Love you, buddy. Amen. Bless you, my friend. Bless you, honey. My man. All right. Bless you guys. Love y'all. Love you. Love you. Amen. Ain't this good? Okay, hold that neighbor's shoulder. A couple things I want you to know. I'm going back to the back, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet all the new folks. But listen, all you folks who were here today, when you get in the car and the devil starts trying to worry you again, you know what you need to say? The wait is over. Send that joker a text. Come on, say, the wait is over. I dare you, when you go home, put it on your Facebook. Put it, let everybody see the wait is over. I'm shifting. Hallelujah. Hashtag I'm shifting. All right, Pastor Troy, come close us. All right. Uh, Pastor Pastor really just told you he is going out these center doors and he's going to go to the left and there's a guest information room. Those of you that are our guests, we would love for you to stop by. Just stop by and shake his hand. We have a gift in there for you as well. If you could do that, we really would appreciate it. He would just love to meet you. That's why he's going there. Uh, we also want to also tell you that those of you that are small group leaders, if you're a small group leader, today is the last day for you to register your group. So we need you to go ahead and go online tonight, today, sometime. Register your group. Make sure it's registered online because they're going to have to go live pretty soon. We want to make sure that they're registered. So make sure that you do that. We also want to tell you about one more thing that's going on. On this service, there's also a middle school service that's going on at the exact same time. It's going on over at the gym area. So if you have a, a child in middle school and you say, you know what, I, I didn't even know you guys had that. Well, we do. So it's going on this main service. So when you come, all you do is go to the gym area. There'll be people standing outside and helping you. It's every week now. I know it used to be once a month, but now it's every week. You go over there and then drop them off, and they'll go to service, and you come over here and you go to service. And trust me, it's not child care. I was just over there. It's not child care. They're having church. So if you want your middle school to have church, that's the place to be. And finally, we have these cards out in the lobby when you leave. It says, Breaking Containment. August the 26th, so which won't be this coming Sunday, but the following, August 26th, Pastor Riley is going to be preaching a sermon called Breaking Containment. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be illustrated. There's going to be all kinds of things on the stage, all kinds of illustration going on. And the reason we want you to, to invite people, because it's going to really break containment off of people's lives. There's somebody that you know that needs to be here. And they may not come to a quote-unquote regular service, but maybe they'll come to an illustrated service. There's all kinds of things going on. This may be your opportunity to get them in the house and say, this one is for you. So get some cards as you go out and just fight some people. Who knows? They may come. We know they're not coming if you don't invite them. But if you do, 
they may come, all right? I want to pray over you, but before I do, I'll let you know this last thing. Uh, after this service is over, there's going to be pastors that are going to stand in on each side of this stage, and they're going to be here for you. If there is something, something that you want a pastor or somebody to pray for you about, just come up. This is your opportunity to come up and allow them to pray for you, all right? So, Father, we thank you right now, God, for all the things that you're doing in our lives, the things that pastors have placed in our hearts today. God, it's not just for our neighbor. It's also for us. There's something in that sermon that will apply to each and every person in this room. So, God, I pray that we take it into our lives. God, take what we need and change our own lives to become better. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday.